Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of Tell It All, where we find hope for our struggles and have a safe place for our vulnerability. I'm your host, Doriani Godoy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited to have you guys listening today because I have one of my really close friends and I'm so freaking excited to introduce her and have her come on. Honestly, she is so inspiring. She is a TikTok star, Instagram, like model influencer person. Like literally you guys need to go follow her. Like her pictures are amazing and she just puts out the most amazing energy always. Literally like all of her videos always bless me every single day, and especially the people around her, just because her energy is everything. Um, I wanted to bring her on because I love her journey, I love her story, and I really wanted her to share it with you guys. So, do you want to talk and just introduce yourself, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, and yeah, just whatever's on your heart. Oh my goodness gracious, you're on my heart right now. Oh my gosh, what a freaking introduction. That seriously made me so emotional. I don't even know if my own description of myself can can live up to that. But uh, <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> I'll give it a freaking you. go. Um, okay, my name is Clotilda. I'm trying to rewrite the script I use every single time I talk now. It's okay. like my new challenge for myself. So every time someone asks me about myself, I try to say something different than I said last time. So I don't, you know, identify too closely with anything I'm talking about because, hey, baby, we are changing every single day. Um, I get that. Yeah, I love that. Oh, my gosh. Right? It's a, it's a good challenge for your brain, too. And it just makes it makes it more fun when you're talking with people. Yeah, it makes you think of yourself in, like, a different way. Like, you're just like, you're like, okay, what else can I add? Or, like, how have I grown from yesterday? Yeah. Exactly. You don't stay attached to any one version of yourself, which is a lesson. And I continuously learn again and again because um, it's really hard to. I feel like it's easy to, to kind of stay committed to one version of ourselves, especially when that's all we're telling people every single day. What's your name? Where are you from? Where'd you go to school? What's your major? Like that script. I've been, when I ask people about themselves now, I don't say, I don't say, I don't want to know where you're from. I just, what do you like to do? What makes you happy? What? I know I'm like already going here. <laughs> no, I love that. That's so true. It's like, don't tell me about like your external. Like I want to know what's on the inside. So like what makes you smile? Like what makes you be this like radiant, like sunshine? Like what gets you up in the morning? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I know how uncomfortable and like how much pressure people put on themselves when they, when they talk about themselves, um, you know, it becomes less about how they feel communicating themselves to you and just how they think of themselves. And I just want everyone to feel comfortable when they talk to me. Um, so I try and kind of establish that energy in the first like five seconds of the conversation. I'll be like, don't, you don't have to tell me like anything, like what you're, what you're doing for work or anything like that. Just like, what do you like to do? Or like one of my favorite questions is what, when you're doing it, are you not looking at the time? And are you not thinking about, Oh, when I get home, I can't wait to like watch Netflix or whatever it is. Like, what is that thing for you? Um, mm, that's so good. I love that so much. You're like, you're like, so what's the thing that like, doesn't make you look at the time? I've never thought of that. Yes. Yes. And, um, you'll get some good responses. I I've gotten some, some less than satisfying responses before too. I was like on this date with this guy one time and the conversation just really wasn't going anywhere. And I was trying my best. Like, I was trying my best. You know, at the end of the day, I just want to learn about people. Even if, like, we're not compatible. I want to know. Or, sorry, darn. I wanna, <laughs> I'm trying not to curse. No, you're totally fine. You're totally fine. <laughs> I want to know your story, whatever. And I, I asked him. I was like, so what What when you're doing it? Like, you're just all looking at the class. I really think I could get something. And I swear to God. He goes, uh, sex? 
no freaking way bro that just like shows the intention to behind it so you're like all right i'm done with this date like this is not what i'm about that point i had to just like take off into my own world and also just do what i can to learn about this this interesting human being who most might think is a surface level person but hey if that's his response there has to be there has to be something deeper behind it so i dug i dug i don't know if i ever found anything but i surely tried Um, at least you tried right like you were like there's so much superficial here but like i'm trying i'm trying to get to know your soul but like you're not really letting me in so exactly and you know people what i realize about people is people take time i used to fall back on people and uh especially just like in the dating world really quickly if i didn't think we were compatible and um i'm not saying that you're compatible with everyone but i do believe we all share the same part of uh one soul um and that's why if you spend enough time with someone you can relate to them so well no matter who they are you time Time forms um, just this I, I, common ground. I can't even describe it, no matter who it is. That's why, you know, when you're when we were little and we're in class with all these people, by the end of the year, you know every kid in your class. And they're kind of all your friends, or even if, you know, they're not. Like, you know them to a certain extent. You know them. So yeah. I try and apply the same now in, like, the dating world. That's just, I've never used that phrase before, the dating world. Oh, my gosh. You're like, okay, well, I'm single, so might as well. <laughs> right? It's kind of a fun thing to say, the dating world, as if I'm, like, literally really out here going on dates. Um, Girl, I wish. I literally don't even have time. Right. Like, I literally just, like, I work, and then I hang out with my friends, and I some days I think, like, oh, I don't want to be single, and then I'm like, okay, but what time do you have to dedicate to a human being right now? Because you don't, like, you literally work so much, and then you get home, and you're like, all I want to do is lay on my bed and not move, and you're like, no, just kidding, I have school, and I have to edit my part. Like, it's always something. I'm finding the balance between, like, just loving my own private world so much, and then also accepting that one day... I could let someone into that world, but I think that it's a matter of that person should just like so seamlessly fit into that world. It shouldn't, you know what I, I say now? It shouldn't feel like when you leave them, you have your private corner back. If mm. that is the feeling you get when someone leaves, then they're not, they're not the one. Um, and right. Yeah. I recently noticed that because like I find, I find that with the people I really vibe with, whether that's friends or potential partners, whatever it is, um, it kind of feels like a continuous cycle. Of course, I have times when I need to be alone. Everyone does. Yeah, of course. It shouldn't feel like when they leave, you're like, you you exhale. You're like, oh, okay, I'm back in my world. You know, it should never feel like that. So I- Yeah, it should always feel like when they're in your world, they kind of add to it and they leave and you're like, wow, that was really good. Like, uh, I'm so blessed to have them in my life. Like, I'm so excited. Whenever someone's really unsure about their relationship, I, I have like a few questions I always ask them. And I ask... Does that person energize you? When you leave them, do you have more energy than when you uh, started? And do they teach you? Do they expand your mind? Do you leave inspired and with ideas, like ideas regarding like everything? You know, it doesn't have to be particularly uh, pertaining to what you like to do, whatever it is, but just do you leave inspired and energized? And if the answer is no, you know, there are things you can work through. And sometimes we're not always in a place to for to be in a healthy relationship with someone who's even maybe the right person. But those are typically my questions I ask when it comes to relationships. Um, no, that's really good because I think a lot of times girls and guys, like, um, we just want companionship. And so we're so willing to sacrifice 
um, our time and like our energy just to have that little like second of like pleasure in the sense of like not even like like sexual pleasure but just like like that fluffy feeling like oh my gosh I have someone I um I get to post on Instagram that I have someone and I'm not alone but it's like honey it's better to be alone than someone who's sucking the energy out because that feeling you're talking about I know the one you're talking about it's there I'm not gonna lie like it happens it's there but it is so temporarily satisfying in comparison to the fulfillment that I've attained through myself which is the type of fulfillment that attracts those long-term partners that keep you in your flow and that I talk about when they leave, you don't have your private corner back. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I love how we started talking about dating and that was not at all what we talked about before. No, I love it though, because I feel like maybe that's exactly what someone needed to hear. Like maybe someone was on the verge of like, should I break up with him or should I not? And then now they heard this and you're like, all right. It is really like whoever is out there, no matter what it seems like, I don't know. I feel like it, it does seem like I'm super hyper-focused on like the things I do and like, you know, creating content and creating art and like I have this whole world, whatever. But at the end of the day, if you ask me what I'm crying about, like not right now, but just like generally what the thing, what rattles me and gets me upset is like truly this, you know, this search or whatever it is for a partner or another half. And I think that a lot of people, especially creative minds or intellectual minds or whatever it is, you know, not saying I'm like some crazy intellectual mind, but of course, all of us, it's easy to feel super lonely and alone when you have all these thoughts in your head. You know what I'm saying? And we just want someone so badly to understand those thoughts um, and understand where we're coming from. There's someone asked me recently, like, what is it? What do you, what is love to you? Like, what does it feel like to be in love? And like the first thing that came to mind was just to feel understood (laughs) because like, I don't know that I, I, I've always considered myself somewhat of a loner as much as I love socializing. I love having people in my life. So many people in my life, I, it's easy to start to feel alone in my thoughts. And so when you find someone who can understand those thoughts, it is like freaking crap. Yeah, no, 100%. Like the fact that you're able to find someone who like, when you find that person who's able to understand your thoughts, analyze your thoughts and say, okay, like this is what like makes her her and like I'm going to support that and I'm going to meet her where she needs to be met. And it's really hard because like the Lord literally created us to be in communion and he created us to be with someone else, you know? So like it's, it's, it's that longing feeling all day long or like even like every day that you have like oh my gosh when am I gonna find that significant other but I believe that like the enemy like he literally amplifies it because of the fact that it does weaken us and it does weaken our ability to like if you get really sad then you like let's say maybe one night I was supposed to come home and I don't know film a podcast but then I got sad because I was lonely and then I immediately turned me off and I was like no I don't want to film it anymore and so it brings you back a step behind because you're like holy crap, I am sad and I don't want to do this. But in reality, it's like it was supposed to be that moment that you're supposed to film that because the Lord was ready to put something on your heart. But you were so taken back by the longing of a human being that you were like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, how crazy. I know it is. It really is as equally beautiful as it can be debilitating. Yeah. But that beauty is so fulfilling that I tell people open your heart no matter what, because, you know, I certainly spent a long amount of years trying to not get hurt. And that stagnancy, that neutrality, um, is a hundred times more painful than experiencing that every now and then hurt you get that your mind sort of brings you whatever questioning it does with a partner, um, in comparison to then also feeling that like, oh, that beautiful feeling of love and connection, 
um, that again, we can feel with ourselves. It's such a, it's a balancing game. It's a balancing act. It really is. Um, but it's beautiful. I, you know, I was thinking <laughs> a couple of days ago, I was listening to a song and I seriously got overwhelmed by how beautiful it is that when we, we just find a human and we connect with it, that we spend enough time with it, that we love it so much. We start rhyming words about that thing <laughs> and then putting instruments there and showing it to the world or not, or just having it for ourselves. Like what? What? So funny. The fact that that's out there, if you've given up on love, there are humans who do that. There are humans who, who, who will love you so much. They rhyme words about you and they, it's the cutest thing. <laughs> they write poems about you. They write poems. It's the cutest thing in the entire world. They talk about you too. And, and it's like, it's crazy because like, people write songs about their love but then they also write some songs about their pain because I remember like I phoned a podcast and it's it's uploaded now but I was hurt from a guy and I was like talking about him on my podcast process of art though I mean this podcast is your art it's your it's your vocal diary of sorts you know what I'm saying yeah um for whatever reason that needed to get out there to other girls too and other boys people struggling with relationships and stuff like that but it definitely happens. I mean, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I, like, slipped up or, like, even when I, I've probably uploaded videos before, I'm like, ah, uh, did I have to upload this? But, you know, got trust the right person heard that, had to hear that, you know? A hundred percent. And I and my, mod, like, my motto, mod, I don't know how to say it, whatever, my thing is, like, if my, if I can touch one soul, then that's enough. Because I feel like it doesn't matter, because I, I love, okay, so... A lot of times I hear you come on and you talk a lot about the numbers and you're like, they're not important, you know? And so that is always like sitting on my heart. And that's what I like. Those are my favorite videos of you other than like the ones where you're singing because those are my favorite. <laughs> where you do like the covers or whatever. Like those make me laugh so hard. But, but hey, when, wait, are you talking about when I just like sing sentences? No, whenever you like, when you do like the songs and you do like the side angles and you come into the middle and then you come back, like you do like your head rock and stuff. You know what I, you know what it is? It's like, I, I seriously went from five years of film school and, and journalism school and doing all these things. Everyone thought I'd go into production and be the next freaking whatever, like anchor at NBC. And, and everyone's like, what do you do? And I'm like, TikTok. And they're like, oh, like, how do you, but you know how, how much I've learned. And I'm a human tripod. I'm a human tripod. And that's one thing I'm genuinely confident in. People watch me film. And they're like, are, are you okay? I'm, I'm like, I swear if you cut me open, I'd start sparking. Like that's how still my arm goes. So it's like, you can take these things you're really good at and not have to show prove to people that you've done them. They will just start to show up in everything you do, whether that's, you know, a, a job at NBC doing some big production job or you're just freaking taking videos of yourself you know what I'm saying yeah. like I love that you're like I'm a freaking um tripod because I feel like you're like I'm so long and I know people like that's somebody's like some people's insecurities and the fact that you literally are like I don't give a crap I'm gonna use this for my advantage I'm not even insecure about it like let's freaking go no and that's what I love about like you it's like your authenticness and I feel like when you post those videos like I will read your comments and so many people are like what do they say? They're like, um, they're always like, oh my God, I love you. Like, thank you for being your real self. And I think that that's what's been the biggest thing about you that like drew me to you because I remember I texted you. Um, I was like, what it was, I saw one of your TikToks. Oh, it was okay. So this one will transition into what we're going to talk about next, but I saw your TikTok about moving to California and I remember I texted you and I was like, oh my God, like this was amazing. I needed to hear this, blah, 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 like all that stuff. And I was like, she's not 
gonna answer because like you know it's like people don't really answer um and then when you did like my heart dropped I was like oh my god she answered like I, I got so excited you simply must understand I'm equally shocked when you answered being like I can't believe you answered and I'm like what <laughs> of course I answered you know what I'm saying like we all have this idea I feel like it's just a natural human survival sort of thing that we do where we think that someone is I don't know inaccessible or better off or like something or another that it is and so I feel like I really I made an, a very active decision to make sure that when I answer someone I'm answering a human being meaning I'm clicking on their profile who is this person if I I, I haven't done it yet so I don't want, I don't want to like I haven't done it yet um but if someone has interest in me I should have just as much interest in them and so I want to follow back like everyone who follows me at some point I know that sounds like kind of crazy but I really think that this should all be an equal exchange if you take interest in me that means I'm reflecting a part of you that already exists that's why when people comment on my videos and say like thank you for this I needed this you changed my life and I'm like no thank yourself for changing your life my video just surfaced something that already existed in you. So whether it was my video you came across or something else you came across that day, whether it was a movie you were watching or someone else's video on TikTok, that thing was already bound to surface. You know what I'm saying? It has to exist in you or else we wouldn't be able to recognize it. That goes for beauty and that goes for ugly. So if, someone says something, if someone's saying something bad about you, they're just saying it about themselves. You know, they wouldn't know it to exist unless it existed in themselves. And same with the good. So thank you for that. I, 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 I was really happy when you reached out. Those messages make me really happy. And yeah, I just want it to be like an equal free flowing exchange. We're all humans on earth humaning. Humaning. I love that. We're all just humaning. Honestly, like you're so just, you're so right. Like it's, it's crazy because, um, once like those numbers start to grow, I think like as humans are natural reactions to think like, Oh, like look at us, you know what I mean? And in reality, it's like, no, it's actually not like you're, it's not all about you and it's really not. And it's about like what you can bring to the plate, but not about like, Oh, just, Oh, you're pretty or oh, you're skinny or oh, you're this or that. And so that's what I was saying with your videos. Like they, they just rem like they just sit on my heart so much because I'm like wow it's really not all about the followers and it's not like truly not like if I can impact one person then that's what I want to do and I think and it's crazy because when I started my podcast you know I had um, prayed about it did all this stuff and so at the beginning like what my podcast was going to be at the beginning is not at all what it is now like that's crazy because it's only been like two months or a month and a half and my podcast has already changed from like one thing to the other dude it is a it's a, one of my favorite buddhist principles is any seed that is watered will grow so whether you're naturally good at something or not if i want to go be a freaking bot famous bocce ball player somewhere but i've never played bocce ball my entire life if i do that thing every day literally by science i'm going to get better at it like every it, it's that we kind of talked about this before our call but it's that like that pre-stage before you do the thing that i've quite literally compared to hell like it really you're gonna literally feel like you can't do this thing like there's no possible way I mean you've never done it so your ego has nothing to go off of except that you haven't done it so it's only gonna tell you well you haven't done this so so I don't know that you can do it you just have yeah, you're to like not capable exactly all you do is you show your brain the rhythms show your brain the rhythms it might be hard at first I I go into this with video editing video editing is probably like my so hard oh my god oh it's my number one passion but I've been doing it since I was little but I oh there's this like feeling I get before I'm doing a big project or a big video where I'm starting to edit and all I have is like a hunk of like material in front of me there I've, I've not sculpted yet I haven't done anything with it and it's so intimidating for a second that I literally quite 
I convinced myself that like there's just no way I could do it. There's no way I could do it. I I and in the past I've given up, but I've now recognized the stage so much that I pushed through it, and that's the magic is always on the other side, always. So like with this podcast you're doing, and now you're just seeing it improve, and like oh god, it's it's amazing to just like. I'm inspired by you to, for you to have been so passionate about something and then just like make it happen right away. And like, here we are now sitting, you have your own official podcast. We're on this like special little website right now recording this. Like it's, it's really cool to watch things grow and watch humans create and just, it's awesome. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think, I think what is most beautiful about certain things is like we allow ourselves to develop and we allow ourselves to really like change. And so whenever I was thinking at the beginning of the podcast, it was like, now it's all about like how, for example, like a lot of the episodes before, um, like having people on, it was just about like my life and then what, how the Lord like was in it. And then now I just like, I mean, I still want to do that obviously, but this month has really, really like pushed me out of my comfort zone because I'm like oh well I have to bring people on I have to see how this works like all this stuff and now all I think about is like bringing powerful women who are so ready to just like fired up about talking about you know their life what's on their heart like the lord like their their own journey like people who are willing to come on here and say like hey look this is who I am and this is where my journey has been and let's talk about it and I want like that empowers me so much because every time I leave one of these calls I'm like that was amazing you know and so I'm like I'm like I cannot wait for them to hear it because it's like bringing on women who are willing to put themselves out there speak the truth be honest give advice and then like bless those around them and so have hearing y'all is blessings to me you know what I mean so it's just in that I mean this is you know this is God's work sharing his creations with the world you know like and like you said before like it's gonna show up in everything you do and the conversations you have it's gonna naturally start to happen because that's your baseline that's your foundation that's where you're building from so it's going to translate everything you do. But then also, you know, we are limitless human beings. You can also have your podcast where it's just you, you, and you speaking about God, just an hour of you talking, which is just as dope and just as special and just as important. No, for sure. And that's the thing is like what I love about this platform is that you can do literally anything. So today I can choose to bring someone on and then tomorrow I can just do it by myself. So that's like such a beautiful thing that you get from this platform. But um, so now let's transition a little bit over to your journey. So I want to talk about like, you know, when you were in college, obviously you went in for, you said like journalism and, um, what was it? Um, journalism, film and theater. Okay, perfect. Uh, but that is not how I went in. That is not how I went in, which is, that's a, I I guess I can start there. Okay. Yeah. Start it there. And then I want to know when you had that desire, like, like what was like tugging at your heart to just really take like that leap of faith and say, look. I know what I want to do and like when you found out like okay so I'm trying to like process what I'm trying to ask so I want to know like obviously I mean yeah I care about your school and that's important but I want to know when was that moment when you said this is what I want to do and then I want to know what like prompted you and made you that desire to take that leap of faith and say hey I'm going to move and this is what I'm going to do and then how like what came out of it like how you got there you know what have been your highs what have been your lows like I want to know all of it oh my goodness so many things um but I guess where to start is I've loved performance since I was a child like I really all I used to do when I was little was film me and my friends in my backyard with um a little camcorder I had um, and when my friends weren't with me, uh, it was my favorite thing in the entire world. Time just wasn't real. It was all we did all day. 
Um, and I think it was, I know a lot of young girls did that. And then they, there came a point in their life where they stopped. And I advise you, if you were one of those girls and you were little, do it. Go post, go get on TikTok, do something because there's a little performer in you. Um, and there was also a little editor in me, which I think is just like the funniest, like cutest thing. But like, I was nine years old and I would be filming my, um, myself, just myself, mouthing words to songs and, and um, little music videos I'd make in my parents' bedroom. And it's how, funny. How similar we are. That's crazy. I'm telling But look, look what we're doing right now. Like, you and I are both here doing something very performance-based. Like, it, it makes sense to me, you know? Um, and I would just film myself in my parents' uh, little, like home desktop Mac computer and iMovie. And I seriously would edit very intricately these, like, little, these videos of me um, just singing to songs and doing all this stuff. And I, I look back. One. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? I want to see one. I want you to send me one. Oh, I will resurface them. Because I know you hear the stuff and you're like, oh yeah, little girl just like filming herself, cutting together. No, no, no. I, I cut together these videos. Like, I should. they should have hired me back then to do these freaking <laughs> Colin Tilly videos, Justin Bieber, whatever. Like, I, I look back at those videos and I'm like seriously impressed. Um, but it just, I loved to create something from nothing. I loved the freedom that uh, video gives you you can really create any world you want, any world you want. And there can be music in there and there can be acting in there. And like, I've always been someone that loves my freedom. I think I, I came out of the womb, a free soul. And so uh, editing video allows me to create all of my own worlds. I was also, I'm from like a, my family's not very conservative at all, but I came from a very, very conservative suburban town. Um, that didn't really value, uh, creative abilities in any way. Um, and so I felt very, I felt very much like a loner there, like very alone. So very out of place. I was like very much a loner. Like my memories are (laughs) me on the playground, like before school started, like collecting bugs by myself. And like, I really, I, I played by myself a lot, not in a super, like no one liked me way. I just had so many thoughts in my head and I don't know. I, I think that a lot of people can kind of relate to being that loner. So I I kind of felt alone in my town. And so creating these worlds allowed me to have my own worlds. You know what I'm saying? Um, that I could just go to with my few amazing weirdo friends. Chloe, Sarah, Gabby, Caroline, shout out to you guys. You know, you really have your childhood friends that like hold it down. You can, you'll, you'll never forget them, you know? And we were just a bunch of weirdos together. And it was our favorite thing to do. So... Anyway, of course, you get older and you kind of start doubting that you can actually make these things happen and, you know, society does its thing, <laughs> as I say. So I didn't really think that acting or any of that or performance stuff was too realistic because um, that's what I was told. Yeah. And so my mom was in television broadcasting. She was a producer at NBC her whole life. My dad worked at NBC too. So I kind of figured that, like, that would be oh, the... That's cool. Yeah, super cool. My mom, my mom's an amazing person. So is my dad. Um, so I kind of thought that that would be a more, uh, quote unquote, realistic and adult version of what I like to do. Um, cause I really cared about the world ever since I was little. It was like my biggest music inspirations were all these artists that kind of had these, this, this all or nothing sort of music, you know, Michael Jackson, like heal the world earth song. Like that was, that was the stuff I was listening to. I'm like 11 years old. Um, and I always felt like I had a bigger purpose to like heal. Um, and so the healing part of myself plus the performance part of myself made me want to go into television broadcasting. 
because that was sort of what I believed would help the world. Um, I have a bit of a different opinion now. We can get into that, but I definitely uh, didn't want to do that anymore. But I, all throughout high school, um, we had a little, little morning announcements every week, and I like produced, directed. Um, uh, I was the anchor girl for for those, and that was like really fun. But it didn't quite fulfill that like little perfor- performative void in me. Um, but still I did the thing where I applied to schools and, and applied for television broadcasting and journalism and all those things. Um, and I was strictly, I was either going to go to New York or California, nowhere in between. Cause a part of me still really, really wanted to fulfill that dream of being a performer somehow, some way. And I wanted to be in, of course, the, what's considered the hubs for that, which is changing now because of, um, social media and just our ability to do anything from wherever we want. Um, but my dad was like, you have to visit Missouri. Like you have to go to Missouri. Missouri is, uh, has the best journalism school in the world. You know, there's no way to measure that. But if you ask me, they were the first journalism school in the world. So I mean, come on, like who's been around the longest. Um, and (laughs) when I first heard that, I literally said to him, I said, over my dead body, I'm not going to Missouri. Because um, there's a sort of twisted perception of the Midwest and even the South on, that the coasts have. It's like a bit of an ignorant, we've never been there, so we're just going to assume it sucks kind of mindset. Um, and I can like confidently say that, that was, I was a part of that mindset, you know? Um, and like anything else, it takes experience to really freaking humble yourself, slap yourself yeah. in the face and be like, there's are, there are real human beings here and there are beautiful human beings here. And yeah. so I told him, I was like, I'll visit for a weekend, but that's it. I'm leaving. I'm not going to school here. I wanted to go to that damn school within the first 10 seconds I got off the plane. Like I, it's oh, where I, I had that, that. Yeah. I had that gut feeling. I was like, this is home. I get chills even talking about it still because I seriously met some of the most life-changing people there. I mean, you cannot also write off an entire freaking region of a freaking country because of a, a few bad nuts. I'm not even bad nuts. No, not at all. And I mean, like, I love, I love that you say that because I actually didn't really know that because I'm from the South. So I, I like, live in Texas. Um, and I grew up in Alabama. So I did know a little bit of, like, the closed-mindedness of, like, people with the South. But I didn't know people, like, actually thought, like, horribly of us. <laughs> So close-minded. I'm like, you want to call yourself all liberal and progressive and open-minded, but you can't even love most of the people in your own country? Like, give me a freaking break. Give me a break. Seriously. Um, But you know what? I had to be inside of that perspective and then get shown something else to, to now be, have the mindset that I do now. So, you know, empathy takes experience much of the time and I'll own up to it. I'll be, I'm going to take accountability for for how I, you know, used to feel or think when I was that young. But anyway, so I go to Mizzou, M-I-Z baby. Oh God, love that school. I'm still one of those. And now I'm like, now that I've graduated, I, I'm, I'm an annoying alumni. Like I get it now. Like I get, I, love that, I, I really though. am. That's because you love your school. I, I really, loved, I guess. You know, and it's, it, a lot of people had experience at Mizzou that they didn't love. And for me, it was that I was finally going so far from home, I could, uh, I could form whatever identity I wanted. I could be whoever I wanted. And that's, something I've now carried with me over whenever I move anywhere. I mean, I've practically changed names. I went by Chloe my whole life. My real name's Clotilda. It's my great grandma's name. God bless. Um, and my real name's Chloe. Or I'm sorry. My real name's Clotilda. I went by Chloe my whole life and I, I've changed it as I move places. I've, I now go by Clotilda. Um, I learned a lot about like nominational significance and going by your full name. If that's a, a name you feel you resonate with, if it's not, that's another story. Um, but embrace no I did the same thing we're so similar oh my gosh I literally was like whenever I moved here to Texas I was going by Doriani and not going by Dory 
And then obviously that changed because all my friends call me Dory now. But like, I just like, I don't know. I was like, I just want to say Doriani. Like, why Dory? Like, why cut my name in half? You know? There is a power in a full name. There's a power because you know what it was? Names don't necessarily matter too much. But for me, it was something I'd always been hesitant or I guess embarrassed to like say fully out loud. So for me, saying my full name was facing that insecurity within me, even though it's just a name. So, and you're saying your name a lot of times throughout a day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when you're at Starbucks, wherever you are, you're saying your name, you're introducing yourself to people. So if you can embrace that part of yourself or whatever part of yourself you feel insecure about on a consistent basis, whether that be your name or something else, it's a seriously healthy thing to do. And it, it really did, um, like, I don't know, it empowered me. It really empowered me. I love that. I love uh, how the little things can just really make you like everything. Oh, they really can. They really can. It takes a lot of, I don't know, uh, I've analyzed life a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, Okay, guys, sorry. I had to, like, stop the recording, so it was a little bit, like, here's a little um, transition back into what we were talking about. <laughs> yes, perfect. So this is where things get uh, dicey. I think this is where the transition kind of sort of happens for me that you asked about. Yeah, this is the juicy juice. This is the good good. <laughs> this is the stuff that I really don't want my mom to have to hear about. So maybe when her and I are listening to this podcast, we're going to fast forward through this part. Uh, <laughs> You're like, mom, we need to skip. <laughs> yep. So, mom, this is that notification for you right now. Here's the warning. Um, but so I I go to I go to school and um, for television broadcasting. Um, I really wasn't doing anything performance related at the time. Filming stuff here and there, but really nothing that fed that void um, by any means. And I was in a pretty long relationship for about almost four years. Um, the relationship grew very codependent. It grew extremely toxic. It was, when I say kind of the thing that, um, sort of, I guess where my lowest of lows kind of existed in my life, where I realized I could no longer exist like I was existing. Um, this, this relationship was sort of that thing for me. Um, so it was... That makes me so sad. No, you no, 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 no. I, I, if I could throw a party, and I will throw a party one day, if I could throw a party for the the phase that this relationship threw me into of my life, I would, and who it's made me today and all of those things, you know? Um, but yeah, if you want to kind of, I guess if I were to pinpoint my trauma, which is, you know, there's no such thing as trauma. There's only... your wound. Yes, it, my wound. Then I, this is how I would tell my story. Um, and you know, I, I heard a thing the other day and I'm like, oh, frick yeah. Um, but there's no such thing as trauma. There's only uh, good and bad experiences, you know? Because I think if we stay a little too attached to trauma, it kind of creates a, a bit of a victim mindset. And at all points in time, I, I do believe I have free will and power over my life to make change. So as much as I used to refer to that relationship as I don't, I don't want to throw the word, I don't want to use the word psychologically abusive because again, I stayed in the relationship. So, you know, at a certain point, you yeah, know. Yeah, but that, it, our mind, like, it was, it's so hard to let go of that even though it, oh, of course. It, it's the reality of it. Of course. Yeah. And we're so young. We don't know what's going on. I don't, I didn't know that there was anything better that existed than that relationship because it was my first relationship. Um, and you know, of course there was a point when I was totally in love and he was my best friend and you know, it didn't just start on the, on the foundation of toxicity, but we were both young kids with, um, different experiences and uh, that can be a sort of dangerous game when you're just trying to learn the world together, but you both sort of carry your own trauma and experiences still. Um, I speak on this very differently now than I did, you know, a year after the breakup. 
but I've learned humans better since then. Um, but anyway, so my freshman year was very, very dark. Uh, we were doing long distance and I was extremely codependent. So, um, and he was not in a place to, at that point, the relationship was so uh, sort of down in the dumps that we weren't operating from any sort of love-based frequency by any means. Um, but that's like all I wanted, you know, and I was confused. So I wasn't getting it. And so I, I literally say that I like wasn't sober for all the freshman year, like straight up. It was a very, very, very dark time, but it was a beautiful time also in the sense that like I was meeting all these incredible people. And like when you're going through a dark time, there's a thing you kind of have to do to take yourself out of it. Personally, for me, it was like being with people. Like my anxiety manifests as like, I don't get depressed. I get extremely anxious and I, I can't stop moving. And as soon as I stop moving, the thoughts come back in. So I'm like, I, I, I have better ways of dealing with it now. But then it was like constant movement. So I was like, you know, always with people. Yeah, I was making new friends. I was like, the only thing that could take me out of my thoughts was company and connection, which is, you know, sort of kind of how life goes in many ways. And it's beautiful. And so I, I really created some of my deepest connections and friendships during that time. Um, at the same time, it was constant panic attacks. I lived in like a fever dream. I, I, that's like the best way to describe it. It was really a daze. Um, and I can quite confidently say that nothing was going to, I was not going to end that relationship. Like I was, I accepted the fact that I would probably marry this person and sort of just settle. Um, again, it was four years, you know, I had never made such a, I never made a big change like that in my life before. And I didn't know any better, whatever. Um, the only thing I said at the time that I would, that would ever be a deal breaker was like cheating. Yeah. And I found out like within the course of a day that, and I'm sure there were other things that I was sort of ignoring along the way that maybe were hints. But if you ask me at a surface level at the time, I had never had any idea, but I found out that like this person had sort of been in like, he had, uh, other endeavors throughout the entirety of our relationship. I shouldn't say the entirety, but maybe like two years of our relationship um, and cheating and like things like that. And for whatever reason, I think that either that was the deal breaker or I was just waiting for something to be so horribly wrong that I could get out of that relationship. I really don't know. Um, yeah, so you like didn't feel like you were just like giving up, but you're yes. like, oh, this is a reason. Yes. Here's a reason. So I remember that day so freaking clearly. I'm, I'm like with my friend and she had just come back from uh, a trip where she'd actually seen my, my ex and she broke the news to me and I just started screaming, like flailing my arms, having one of the, to this day, this is one of my like worst panic attacks I could ever think of. She brought me to a field. She brought me to a freaking field. There was no, there was nowhere to bring my like literally insane freaking manic self except this field. And I was just screaming and ripping out grass. And that is the sort of, that was the tipping point. That was the tipping point to then the beginning of um, a very long and, insanely transformational and beautiful journey into finding out who I am past this person that was with this other human since she was 15 years old. And the only way I can really describe this transition is like just picturing myself like spinning up in the air and just out into the sky and gold exploding, exploding from my body. And like, there's no other way to describe getting out of codependency and like discovering yourself. There really, it, it, there really isn't. Um, so that was, I think that that was such a jarring transition for me that at that point, I mean, I identified so much with his existence. So without his existence, it wasn't just the relationship part of myself. I was now evaluating. It was 
everything else in life I could possibly be passionate about. So from there forward was a slow transition into, you know, starting to perform again and uh, acting and singing and doing all these things um, up until, up until I graduated, uh, I only graduated, I graduated like last year. I, I stayed in school five years because freshman year for whoever's listening and you had a, a dumb freshman year, <laughs> me trying not to curse. I'm like, gosh, I got to work on this. Um, and you had a bad freshman year, just so you know, this is not how the system should work. The system should give us a few years or no, the system shouldn't give us anything. We should give ourselves as much time as we need to do whatever we want in life, whether that be school or whether that be something else. Um, and so I almost failed out my freshman year. I had a, like a one seven GPA. I was an academic probation. Um, I really, I couldn't, I wanted to care about school. I love school. I love learning. And my mind would not, wouldn't let me go there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you were in a really hard place. So that makes sense. Of course. I mean, at that point it was more so about really keeping my spirit alive than it was about keeping my GPA alive. Uh, God bless my father. who's going to hear this and, uh, be like, really, really? <laughs> However many thousands of dollars later, but no, it, that journey was such an important part of my process and who I am today that it's like, for me, that was my college going through those emotional experiences. You know what I'm saying? That was my learning. Um, and so yeah, graduated in May with a degree in documentary freaking journalism, baby, the best yeah. literal, oh my gosh. You know, I always say like, no one needs to go to school unless you feel as though that school or whatever program you're in would offer something um, that actually helps you. And so I really had the beautiful privilege of finding that thing and uh, an amazing group of people and two phenomenal teachers. Shout out to Robert Green and Stacey Wolfel, who became my, my dad's for uh, two or so years. Also shout out to my dad because I do also have a real dad who uh, loves me also. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but they really became my mentors and believed in me so much and documentary journalism like gives you all the creative freedom in the freaking world to really do whatever you want my, we all had a had to have like a final documentary mine's on youtube so i'm about to plug it um mine yeah, go, go watch you guys go watch it. yes and everyone did such amazing documentaries on um all these very important like large-scale matters um, like HIV awareness and all these things. But in my world, I felt as though I couldn't speak on any of those matters until you knew who I was. So that in all of the content I make from here on, no matter what it's about, you know who Clotilda is first. So you can kind of sort of evaluate and judge based off of that. Um, cause you know, no film, Hey, if you, if any of you watch documentaries, no documentary is really, it's really only, um, that subject through the eyes of the filmmaker or the editor. Um, you and I could have this conversation right now and I could edit this conversation to be you being this horrible, mean person who came on here to suck all the energy and life out of me. I could edit it that way. That's the power of editing. So go in to any documentary you watch with great discrepancy. So I needed to, you know, make sure that I was as honest as possible in all the work I made going forward with myself and with the world. So I made a documentary called My Name is Clotilda. <laughs> And that was uh, sort of my coming out to the world, not my sexuality, my just identity or however I felt identified at the time, which was um, with this little girl who, who had been performing her whole life, who never really got to show the world how much she cared about performance. And so I remember, I'm super into like full moon rituals now, you guys. Here's what I have to say about the moon. You see what it does to the ocean. Imagine what it's doing to our bodies, which are made up of 70% water. So that's how I, how I argue the moon stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, 
we don't really know anything. But I do, I do enjoy me a good moon. And I so say that all the time. I'm like, do we really know? <laughs> yeah, we really know nothing again. Just, just like we're just kind of chilling. Yeah, we only know what makes us feel good, and then we speak off of that. So that's really the only place I can really speak from. However. Um, I did a little full moon ritual. It was my first full moon ritual. I have a pretty witchy friend who's, who's really into spirituality and all those things. Um, and this is the first one she did with me. It was almost a little over a year ago. And at the time I still had no idea what I was going to do my documentary on. So I asked, I asked the moon, I asked the universe, I asked God, I said, please just, can I have some sort of direction for my documentary? And I know stories like this, like people talk about stories like this and it just sounds bogus. Like, oh, how will I ever have that experience? Just trust yourself. That's what I say about this, these things. Trust yourself. I was on my couch the next morning after that ritual and a voice, a voice. I hate that I'm like that person on the podcast talking about a voice popping in their head, but like it really did happen. Like it happens. Um, but a voice popped in my head and it said, um, look to the cabinet to the right of you. And so I looked in the cabinet to the right of me, and uh, I found my old camcorder of over 10 years. I hadn't, I hadn't looked in wow. it in over 10 years. And I opened that camcorder, and it was endless footage of me and my friends just doing all this, performing everything. And that's when I knew. I was like, I have to make this my documentary. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, in my eyes, like, we all have, like, different beliefs. And, like, 100,000%, like, I am like, yes, you go, girl. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, no, like like God is in the details, you know what I mean? Or like whatever, whoever, whatever you believe, but like, it's like, it's in the details how life is like people, things don't just happen, you know? And I feel like people are like, Oh, that was so random. I'm like, no, honey, that was not random. Like that. And that voice is real. You know what I mean? Like we literally do have a voice in our head. And like, for me, I'd be the Holy spirit for you, like whatever you interpret it as, but like I interpret it as like the Holy spirit. And I'm like, dang, like they, like it talks to you. And it's like, look, like, this is what I want you to do. This is what I believe. What I know is going to be what you need to do. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's trusting, it's trusting that voice to not be just People are like, oh no, it's just blank or it's just this. Unless you can really tell me what's good, what what you know is going on with just us sitting here right now in these random little houses that we're in just doing this thing called humaning that we do, unless you can explain to me what that is, you know, you got to leave 50% for possibility. And what's within that possibility in me exploring it is something so incredible and so beautiful and so transformational. You'd really be doing yourself a disservice by not exploring it. So that's what it kind of would have to say about that. And I, I had that voice. I did. And it was like, look, look to the right, find that camcorder. And I got that camcorder. And, um, I, it's funny because when I was that, you know, that little girl who just filmed herself in the backyard and did all those things at the time that I was doing that, like, I thought that stuff was so weird. I loved doing it and I would do it with all my friends, the friends who accepted it and wanted to do it with me. But, um, in terms of what I thought other people would think of me, the worst thing I could imagine for myself when I was little was that footage getting anywhere. So for me, I would not be healing that child within me until I released that footage to the world. So I know that sounds kind of crazy because it was like when I was like a child, like who cares, right? Who cares now? But no, she was still inside of me needing to get that thing done. Because I remember yeah. sort of no, writing. Matilda needed to like show exactly that side of her. Exactly. It was something that was riding on my subconscious for some years following taking that footage and then it left, but it never really left because the brain's very powerful. It still sat, sat on my brain somewhere. Um, so that's when I decided I had to edit together that footage and uh, show it to the world. Poetry is something I'm extremely passionate about. Music is something I'm extremely passionate about. 
Um, and all those things were things I kind of took passion to in silence. And because, you know, someone else is always, someone else is a songwriter. Someone else makes music. Someone, we never think we're good enough to do anything. Um, yeah. And that was where I was like, you know, it hurts worse to not do this stuff than it does to just do it and be uncomfortable with potential judgment. So I basically put all of my poems on top of beats I made, on top of um, footage I shot of myself when I was little, and then just footage I'd shot recently. Um, and, and it's basically like my tell all, but it's poetic and a little abstract and confusing. But to me, it's like, I know exactly what it means, but like how I would think other people view it would be confusing. However, after I released it, wow. Oh my, I wrote down in my journal so many times before I made that film. Like, I just want to help young girls. I just want to help young girls. I just want to help young girls. And the amount of like young girls I had to reach out to me again, even if it was like something like 10 or even less than that who were like, this film changed my life. Even if there were like a million dudes who were like, what the heck is this about? Like not truly and maybe understanding that the female experience or whatever I talk about in that film, because I do, I get pretty extensive. Um, it's worth it for me. So yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. Like literally I've loved everything that you've said, just because I feel like um, it's like you were healing the little girl, like, um, my, like one of my really close friends, um, she always helps me through my like, like journeys and my wounds and she always says like she's like what is what is little dory feeling and in that moment you were channeling little clotilda like you were literally channeling what you were feeling and what that wound like you were literally coming out of a wound and saying this is what i was so insecure about and i have to allow myself to be okay with with it you know what i mean i have to allow myself to be gracious to that to that wound and so i love the fact that you um like, I just, I loved hearing your story. Like, that's just, like, that journey that you went through, it's so inspiring. And, like, honestly, kudos to you for, like, literally grabbing something that destroyed you, basically, and taking it and just, like, blessing everyone with it, you know? Just, like, just just being you. Like, literally, like, not allowing it to destroy you, but allowing it to empower you. Yeah, and, you know, it's, like, I know how much work it was, but to then hear you confirm it back to me like seriously makes me emotional. So thank you for validating that. I really appreciate it. Of course. But I definitely like, just like, that's what I want to say. Like, I just, I want to say like, you are amazing. And like, you, like, you took it in such a powerful way. And I love that because it's better to turn your hurts into power and into, um, something beautiful than allow your hurts to just like, um, like take you down with them, you know? Um, and so when you presented everything, like you like graduate, like all that stuff, I'm like, I'm going to have to wrap it up. It, we have about like 10 more minutes, but, um, I really want to know like what pushed you to take that leap? Well, a few things. I knew it was always a desire of mine to go to Los Angeles because again, the little girl inside of me kind of associated Hollywood with what she wanted to do and the passion she wanted to pursue and take on, you know, not completely aware that the world would also change and provide us now more opportunity to do it from everywhere. But the little girl inside of me needed to know. <laughs> she needed to know. Like, I need to try. She needed to try. Um, and so after I graduated, I actually stayed in Missouri for a few months alone um, in my own apartment. It was one of the most beautiful few months of my life in quarantine. It was like, finally, I just 
there were no expectations of me really. Again, I mean, I know we make those expectations for ourselves, but it was like, not only could I not, I didn't have to go, I wasn't obligated to go see people, but like I, we literally weren't allowed to go see people, you know? And that's the only thing that's kind of, I'm a bit of a people pleaser. And so it does debilitate me. Um, the amount of people I'm not getting back to, or I'm not texting back, or I'm not hanging out with. And, you know, to anyone listening, if you deal with this, you know, you decide your own freedom. And if anyone is upset with that, then they're just not supposed to be in your life. But it is something I have to admit I deal with. Um, and at that point in time, I, I literally couldn't go see people. And so I dug into myself like I've almost never dug into myself before. Um, and I was taking these like two hour walks every morning, just straight into the forest, straight into nature. And I was writing and I was baking and I was just like, I was making all, creating all of my own, my own things and making my own food and like making my own coffee and like kind of learning to be self-sustainable. And it was like a very beautiful experience. Um, so this is kind of what I talk about in terms of like getting in alignment with yourself and that all, then at that point, all that is supposed to happen for you will happen for you when you are in alignment with yourself. Cause then that inner voice will always lead you to your next move. And I know it sounds crazy, but it really will start to happen. Um, and you'll just start to attract the right energy for you. And I know that sounds super woo woo, but I'll go into it in a second. But, um, so I knew I wanted to go to LA, but I knew that if I strived for anywhere outside of me that I wasn't already present in it would be, it would be difficult because I wouldn't be actually just like existing and living in the moment now, which is going to lead me to that next sort of step. Um, and so I had the intention to go to Los Angeles. I wrote it down in the next six months, I will be in Los Angeles. Um, I wrote it down. Yes. And then I let it go. And I said, you know what? I want to go to Los Angeles, but if I have to stay in Missouri for the next few months for my whole life, God, is this a beautiful state? is this a beautiful state and how many beautiful people I have around me. And I couldn't ask for more, but putting the intention out there, if it's meant for me, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like if this is supposed to be for me, then it'll be for me. Then it will. Exactly. So, um, I sort of, that's when I kind of let go of it, you know, take the risk, accept that you're down with the get down with the risk and then, and then give it to the wind to take care of, give it to God, you know, give it to the universe. So that's what I did. And then I, I randomly get a call from, um, one of my now roommates. Um, and she was like, Hey, I, I, we hadn't really, we'd always run the same circles in college, but we never really hung out. But I think just based on like my content, she, she vibed with me and my, my stuff. So she called me and she's just like, Hey, I have an open room in LA. Would you possibly want to come? And I'm like, have I posted about LA? And she's like, no, I just, I felt so compelled to ask you. And I was like, yep, this is my sign. I'm, yep, I'm ready to transition out. And so I said yes to her without having the money to, to know how I was going to pay rent or any of that stuff. Um, but again, I knew that, you know, God spirit was sending, sending this opportunity my way while I'm in alignment. So it, it means that I'm going to be given sort of the resources to, uh, sustain that, you know, and yeah, I was confident in that. Needs if he's trying to open that door. Exactly. Exactly. Take the risk. And then after that, it should be easy. That's always, that's my mantra. So I said yes to her and everyone was asking me, what's your job? Like everyone wants an endpoint when they talk. They don't, they don't want to hear, Oh, why are you going to Los Angeles? Like, Oh, the sun. They want to hear like an endpoint all the time. We're just kind of, uh, sort so of, I, yeah, we, that's kind of how just we, how we operate as humans. Cause our brains are always trying to like full circle something, you know? Um, so I just kept telling everyone, which is a weird thing for me to do. And I, I advised, it's going to feel weird at first, but I just kept saying, I'll have the money. I don't know. I'm going to have the money. How are you going to have it? I don't know. I just am. I'm going to have the money. I'm going to have the money. 
And um, I had written down $10,000. <laughs> this is like my famous story. I mean, like, this is like, this is that one story that like, I feel like people ask me about all the time. So I'm happy I'm telling it. But I had written down 10000 as a no. Okay, guys, we cut out for a second. Um, but we're back now. <laughs> we're back. We're better than ever. And better than freaking ever. But anyway, uh, so I basically got, get this offer to go to Los Angeles. I don't have a job or any sort of plan out there. Um, but I was so in alignment with myself at the time. I just kind of knew it would work. Um, cause you'll, you will start to sort of attract, it'll be easy again. Like I said, after you take the risk, it'll be easy. Right. So I kept telling everyone, I'm going to have the money. I'm going to have the money. Everyone's like, how are you going to pay rent? How are you going to do this? I was like, I'm going to have the money. They're like, but what, with what job? Or what, what? I just kept saying, I'm going to have the money. And I had written down $10,000 cause I was like, I, I've been uh, researching some stuff on like shamanism and like financial manifestation, all this stuff. So I was like, you know what? Let's play around. 10K. I've never seen that much money in my bank account in my entire big life. Old, big in my entire life, I had never seen that much money. And um, I logged onto my bank account one day to see if I had enough money for a freaking sandwich, for like a $5 sandwich, because you know the struggle, right? Um, and it, I do. <laughs> yeah. And it literally says 10 thousand dollars and I was like no freaking way I started running down the hall I called my mom like I just won the, <laughs> the lottery um but how that money sort of came about and everyone kind of wants to know how it came about and what I always say it's it's not in the details or the how it's it's in the trust you know and taking the risk but anyway um, it was that when I was like doing all the stuff in Missouri, I actually had my own baking company that was doing really well. So I had like this like constant form of income. Um, and so I didn't need to file for unemployment. And then, uh, later on, like I, more recently before I'd moved to Los Angeles, I filed for unemployment, you know, just to see if I could get any money. And I guess that that's the amount of money that had accumulated. Um, so grateful for that. I'm like, whatever, whatever the income is, it's like, people want to say, oh, but you didn't work for it. Or like, oh, but of course, cause we were in a pandemic. No, no, no. The, work with the ways that are, with the opportunities that are presented to you at the times that they are, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no wrong way to receive gifts from God or the universe. You know what I'm saying? Like, just look at everything as a gift as a, and a blessing. Don't, don't, you don't, there's no need to further analyze it. Just accept it for what it is. Right. So that was the money that sort of gave me the freedom to be in Los Angeles for as long as I did. Um, it was an amazing, beautiful experience. I'm really happy I did it. And right now I'm actually in a bit of a transitional period. Um, I, I was out there for a long time. And like I said, it was amazing. I was a meeting, I was meeting a lot of amazing people. Um, but something was sort of telling me to come home and be with my family. Um, and I know we have to wrap up soon, so I'll make this quick, but I feel like I was that young performer in me was sort of like out in Los Angeles trying to quote unquote, make it sort of like for my family and like kind of prove something to them, which I didn't even realize was a lingering insecurity that I hadn't taken care of yet. The only, the best thing I could do for them was to just spend literal actual time with them, not have to prove to them that I'm anyone besides who I am when I am with them in that moment. And so I had never really spent time, time with them after college. I had just sort of like went straight for like, I'm going to make it for them. I'm going to make it for them. I'm going to make it for them. Someone said to me last year, I went, I, I went abroad for a year and I met this amazing cartoonist. And some of the best advice he ever gave me was go home, go home. If you, if you can go home, it doesn't even have to be physically. It doesn't have to be physically, but accept yeah. that. Like, even if your parents were to not approve of you, um, that's okay. Like that is okay. And just, if you have the, if you have sort of the privilege of having parents who are there or who, whatever form your family takes, whether it's blood or not, 
to the people whose approval you've seeked, whether it's friends, go back to them and accept them for who they are um, and love them anyway. And at that point, you're, I, I do believe your purpose can sort of start to fulfill itself. So right now, I'm sort of in that transition. I'm back home with my family, spending time with them, um, not feeling I have to run and chase any sort of dream right now. And look, here I am right now doing this podcast, one of my literal favorite things to do in the entire world. So I feel like I'm, I'm back in alignment. But yeah, that's my, <laughs> my shtick. I love that. No, I literally like... Number one, I'm, like, so proud of you, like, overall, just to hear your story and to see that you've, like, truly... Okay, sorry, guys. I know you can hear my dogs, but whatever. This is what it is. Um, But, like, the fact that you trusted yourself, you trusted, um, like, the journey, you trusted that it would be, like, provided. And, you know, the fact that you're home now and you're really just thinking about your family, like, I love that. I feel like a lot of times people will go out and to LA and be like, if I don't make it, I'm not going home, you know? And like the fact that you were like, no, listen, like the best I can do for my family is show up for them. And that's such a fact because I think a lot of times we think, well, our family's going to be so disappointed in me if I don't do this. And it's like, well, no, in reality, they just want to spend time with you. Like forget, you know, like showing your career or showing, showing them that you're like, you are making it. And like, like you said, social media is such a blessing. And so the fact that you're able to make, um, the fact that you're able to make, uh, make it, in anywhere you live like it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be LA you can literally make it like at home and listen the come up doesn't exist like Beyonce Beyonce could very well still be in the mindset of the come up because guess what at all points in time you're always going to be experiencing human emotions you are always going to you're there's never going to be a day when you have the right amount of money or the right amount of followers or the right amount of like movies that became blockbusters where you're like ah I've done it because if that's your mindset and then you still experience stress and anxiety and depression, whatever it is, you're going to be like, oh no, this is just the come up. There's still, there's a greater, there, there's still a destination to get to. And it's that destination mindset, that, that lack and limitation mindset that will seriously keep you enslaved your entire life. Making it, I always say, this is the human existence. So existing is a success. If you are here listening to this podcast right now, you've already succeeded. Um, this idea of the come up and the struggle and all that stuff, it's an illusion. This is just a ride, baby. This is just a ride that has its ups and it has its downs and that's all it is. Literally. No, that's so, you're, you said it so well and I think that that's one of the blessings, but um, ugh, I hate that I have to wrap it up. I'll definitely have you on another time because I want to talk to you more, um, but your girl has to go present a final. So um but I'm literally just like so thankful that you came on and that you just like opened your heart up. Like, thank you so much for trusting us with your heart and especially like me um, and trusting us with your vulnerability and your, and your story, because I think it's like so beautiful that you were able to open up and just know that, you know, it wasn't, it was for something. It wasn't just like, you're not just going to put it out there. Like someone is going to resonate with your story and they're going to take that and be blessed by it. So I'm just so thankful that um, you did share your heart and I'm just so excited to see your journey and as you continue to grow and I'm just like I'm just ecstatic like I'm so thankful to have you in my life and for you to be my friend and um yeah thank you so much for having like for coming on and just like blessing us and just like with you like with you with who you are um, oh my uh, goodness even the outro the outro is better than the intro how do I even oh my gosh thank you this is like nectar for my soul right now your words you create such a safe space like this truly became just like a like conversation more than it was a podcast or anything like that so thank you so so much because I just felt so comfortable here so I really I really I love you so much so glad that I was able to give you that um but yeah so guys thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys on the next episode of tell it all